I'm Austin. I'm Mike. We are the test drivers. And we put tech through its paces. And today, we're putting recording in person through its paces. Yep. This is a strange, strange experience, my friends. The, obviously, um, well, people who are listening to the show don't know it. People who are watching the show do know it. We are sitting on the very same desk today. This is the first time we've recorded the show in person. Ever. 45 episodes in. And this feel. is the first in-person recording I have done since October 2019. So I think a lot of people don't know that, especially I think for all of your shows for a while, you've done them over Skype. Oh, they've always been that way. It was always a, especially when we first started recording the podcast, it was always a little bit of a transition for me because I'm so used to doing stuff in person. And there's a little bit of like a, obviously latency when it comes mm-hmm. to like talking, but also when we're in person, like if I'm about to say something, I can be like, I'll start sitting up and I'll say something. But like when you're doing it away from the in-person format, there's a lot of sort of uh, things that you almost kind of have to like have a lot of experience going mm-hmm. back and forth. I know, oh, you're about to say something, so I'm not going to try to jump in. But also on the flip side, you kind of have to think about it from the perspective of most of you, if you're listening to it in, the, in your podcast feed, aren't seeing the video, right? So yep. to try to give people the full experience that if I can't see you, you can't see me, and the audience can't see us, try to give that sort of best listening experience. Yeah. We're not winking or you know nope. nodding that, in ways that people can't see. I mean, this is something we spoke about when we were setting up the show. I think you said, well, why don't we use a video call? And it's that idea of like, this is a special episode because we're together. So we recommend people go and check out the video version on YouTube. We have the Test Drivers YouTube channel. You can go and check it out there because it might be a fun experience to actually see the two of us in person for the reason of it can, I believe that if there is a video component that people can't see, or even if they can, it takes away from the audio component. Yeah. Because like there's going to be stuff on today's episode that is visual. So like I'm going to show you things, or you're going to show me things, and we're going to see like because we both have our devices in front of us and stuff like that. And I feel like if if we can see each other, it actually and we can show things to each other, it detracts from the audio experiences. Why we usually don't record any video, but when if we're going to be together, we're going to do it. Plus we have this beautiful set. Yes. So we are currently recording on the future. This is set. So. Mm. This is currently in the process of being rebuilt, and this entire set is really, this is the very first time it's been used at all. So if there's any technical difficulties. (laughs) We are test driving it. Oh, that's good. This is why why they pay me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm here because I've been on vacation. Uh, It's been my first vacation uh, since my last vacation, which was also Also when I came to visit you. Uh, So all my vacations are Austin related now. Checks out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, we were in town, so we thought we'd hang out for a day, and then we had to record an episode, so we not record it together, right? Yeah, I mean, of course. Like, how could we pass this mm-hmm. up? Um, I'm incredibly jealous, and I've said this multiple times today, and I'm mm-hmm. going to keep saying it, of all the fun things you guys have been doing. Yep. Because you guys have been in Beverly Hills. Went to Beverly Hills. Hawaii. Hawaii. Mm. And now back in LA, and then we're going to spend a few days at Disneyland. <sighs> when you don't go on vacation for nearly yeah. two years, you can have a vacation like that. <laughs> Well, but it's good though. It's good because I feel like, especially with the world being the way it is, yep. if you got an opportunity to have some fun, yep. you better take it. You yep. never know what's going to happen next month or next year, whatever the case oh, is. Oh, just while we've been away, it's been harder to travel. Like if we would have left five days later, it would have been more complicated for us. So. Crazy. That's just what the world is like these days. So I have been offline for the best part of two weeks. Uh, is anything happening in technology? Uh, the metaverse. Has taken over. Oh, is it here now? Um, oh, that's good. The Zuck is now president of the universe, uh, of the metaverse and the universe. And Tim Cook is making lots of money. Okay. So business as usual. Business as usual. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It seems like people are excited about Halo. Yes. I Okay, so by the time this episode goes live, we may or may not have a video. We built a Halo PC. Mm-hmm. I have played Halo Infinite in exactly five minutes to test that PC and none other than that. So it's kind of funny to me because you did the same with Forza. I know. So these massive games come out, you build PCs for them, and play them for five minutes, and that's it. In and out. Yeah. Have you played any more Forza? I've played some, yeah. So I've probably okay. got like five or six hours into Forza. I've got a bit of a garage. We've got a few things there. It's fun. The thing is for me, especially with the baby and just with all the building sets and stuff, I haven't had as much time to play games. Mm-hmm. And when I have had time to play games, I've been wanting to play on like the Switch, right? Because like I can okay. sit in bed while the baby's trying to fall asleep beside me and play a little bit of like Diamond or something. That to me is fun. Mike was wrong. 
that game is very good. Okay. So how far are you into it right now? Uh, I, like th maybe three gems. Okay. I'm, I'm almost to the third gem right yeah. now. So about the same. Two or three gems. I've been enjoying it way more than I thought I would. Because I, you know, I mentioned on the previous shows, I thought it was a shame to move away from the sword and shield style, like the full 3D world. But I actually, I've been charmed by the visuals of this game. It looks so yeah. good. Like, obviously, very, very faithful recreation. I mean, like, yeah. down to, like, the, the pixels almost feel like, you know, like a lot of the art and everything mm -hmm. is almost exactly the same. And I'll admit, some of the chibi stuff, it worked in sprites. It's a little bit awkward sometimes. Like yeah, I feel like weird. the difference between seeing the character models being chibi in the overworld and then suddenly like full size <laughs> and correctly scaled sometimes strikes me. I have me. a theory about this. Okay. <laughs> it's laziness. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Well, because I guess if they were going to change the overworld, they would have had to change the scale of the buildings and everything. Well, it, no, I, the, the action scenes being oh. in the sword and shield new era style. Oh. I think they didn't want to create fight animations yeah. and Pokemon animations in larger scale in that new style. Oh. So they just went back to the models and the systems that they had that they developed for Let's Go and Sword and Shield. Yeah. Just to keep that simple. That that's what I because I can't see any logical reason that during a fight people are more realistic to size. Yeah. Yeah. Then when we leave the fights, we're back into chibi style again. You know, like it's like a weird break, and I think it was just a pure case of like it would have taken too much. I mean, like look, we spoke about this in the show before. Pokemon controversy is bananas, but there was already so much about like them reusing animations, mm -hmm. right? So like if they were full Pokedex, yeah, if they were reusing animations in the kind of full new gen games, they're not going to do it in the remake game, yeah. Because plus, this is not made by Game Freak, right? No, it is a separate company because yeah. I think Game Freak proper are busy working on Legends Arceus. Which right I'm now. so excited about. Feels good. I'm uh, so excited about that game. I can't wait for it. I, I'm still going to keep my expectations low. No, mine I think, are way high. <laughs> you got Breath of the Wild Pokemon Edition, yes. I think, in your head. That's what I... Look, I'm being realistic. I know it's not going to be to that level, but everything I've seen about it, I really like. I am just excited that they are deciding to move in a completely different way of playing a Pokemon game. That's what excites me. I'm not expecting perfection. It's like I wasn't expecting perfection with Breath of the Wild either. I got it, but I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm kind of going into this game of just like, it's going to be a lot of what I know from Sword and Shield with like the wild areas and stuff with this new kind of like action element that I like. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in the meantime, I have been mm -hmm. enjoying Diamond. It's yep. one of those things where there are certain scenes in that game that are just incredibly beautiful. Like uh, I walked into, I forget what town it was, I walked into like this church and like the camera angle was lower and there's like yep. this huge depth of field. Yep. And like, it almost feels like you're playing in like a tilt shift kind of vibe. I think that's what, I think they're doing that. There's a lot of blur around the yes. edges and it reminds me of those, I think we spoke about this, like Octopath Traveler mm -hmm. and those yeah. kinds of games. It has that kind of feel to it where it's, it's, it's like a kind of a, it's not, it's like an isometric camera yeah. angle, but not, with that view like it's i don't know what you'd call it it's not top down it's not straight on it's kind of like it's like kind of tilted down yeah. like with the depth of field the beautiful sort of like colors and the very kind of chibi sort of art style it plays well now i think there's something to be said for how horrifically broken the game is yeah i was reading about this like you can duplicate yeah. boxes of pokemon and like you can get just stuck you can get stuck very easily. Have you seen the speed runs? People beat it in less than like, 15 or 16 minutes. How is that possible? So you can, it's something about, <laughs> I watched a small ant video on this. So there's something about when you open up a menu, if you like double tap or there's there's some button combination where you can open a menu and pull up like your like, uh, what do you call it, like the select menu. So basically you can stack menus and then when you unpause the game, certain parts of the game are frozen, but other parts, like you can like, basically walk through like a frozen uh, like overworld. And if you know where you're doing, you can like walk through walls and up into like over like cliffs and stuff. Basically people very quickly have figured out how to completely and totally break the game to the point where you can like walk all your way through to the Elite Four without like having to fight anyone. But how can you beat the Elite Four? So you walk around them. So basically, if you oh load up these menus, as soon as they come up to talk with you, there's this great shot of uh, when you go to talk to Cynthia. She starts talking with you. And it's like it's like the cutscene, right, where the camera's on the bottom. You just walk around her and go up <laughs> and, uh, the thing behind her. <laughs> it's 
like, congratulations, you beat the game. Oh, it's, no. <laughs> that's no fun. It's really funny to be like, congratulations, you made it. And you're like already like gone and like up the elevator. But like this camera doesn't move. So like it's clearly a very broken game. And I do think there's something to be said about like not just the, the glitches, but also the fact that it's so easy to copy. Because, you know, Pokemon for a while has obviously had to deal with like action replays and all that kind of stuff. But now it's like you can get boxes of legendaries clone them and there's nothing that's uh, like not legitimate about these pokemon too so it's like clearly maybe they need a little bit of r&d also have you seen the walking animations like there's so many gifs of like a rayquaza and it just floats behind you and it's like tiny or like pokemon that like, kind of like bounce around and stuff like <sighs> it's it's a little bit more broken i think that in in ways that pokemon games are not typically broken and i think that that might come from it being an outside company yeah and it doesn't seem like a game that got a ton of attention, it, considering that they're working on two Pokemon games at the same time, even though they're different developers. Like, it feels like something that was a little bit more, like, quickly put together. A little bit like Let's Go uh, Eevee and Pikachu. Mm-hmm. But at least that was a very simple, straightforward kind of thing. This is, like, a fairly ambitious sort of remaster of a, of yeah, a classic. Yeah, I can imagine that this was a... Especially looking at the release date of Legends that they were along the development path and knew it would not be ready yeah. for this holiday season. So maybe accelerated or started a project of some kind. Because it is very strange to release two Pokemon games within three months of each other. Crazy. It's, crazy. it's not a thing that they do. And there's no, in, in theory, no reason why they couldn't have just done Legends next mm-hmm. holiday season. Yeah. Unless, I don't know, they've got some other kind of plan. Because it is, it's very peculiar to have another game come so soon. Yeah. Because if all they were doing this year was this remake, that still fits with the Pokemon cadence. Absolutely. So it's interesting. Speaking of Pokemon, Ooh, yes. I was uh, in a Target in Hawaii. As you are, you know, of course. I saw something I thought of you. It's oh. a Sword and Shield Evolving Skies oh. booster pack. Oh, my. So this is for you. Oh, my God. Do we get to open this right now? We can. I th- figured it might be one of the worst things you could do on an audio <laughs> podcast is to open a, a, a booster pack. But This is the sound of opening a pack. You know what? That Maybe sounds terrible. That sounds horrible. The ASMR might be decent. You've done a bad job so far. I, okay, okay, okay. Hang on, wait, wait. I gotta find the. I gotta find the spot. Here, here, here. Aren't you a professional at this? I don't open. No, this is okay. If you're not watching the YouTube version, he didn't hand me a pack. He handed me a blister pack in the cardboard. Wait, so you have to like. Is, that, is it okay? So you see, you open oh. it up, and then you get the actual. Oh, pack. you're like a YouTuber, so you only open boxes of these booster packs, right? That's what it's YouTubers do. You wouldn't cards. get singles. You just buy a crate of Pokemon cards, and then just open those one at a time. I may have bought a, a case, which is six booster boxes the other day. So. Yes. Wait, so a case of six boosters boxes, how many? 36 per box. Yeah, so uh, six times 36 packs. Okay, I, don't, I can't do that math in my head right now that's on the lot. spot, but that's a lot. That's a lot, that's a lot, of, lot of Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's work. Okay, so Evolving right. Skies, in case you're not a, a Pokemon aficionado, is not the most recent set, but it's a fairly recent set. Probably the best set of the year, realistically. What makes it the best set of the year? There are an absolutely giant amount of excellent cards in this set um there's a bunch of alternate art cards which are sort of the best kind of cards that you can get there's some newer car uh sets like celebrations which is like the 25th anniversary set i'm having a real hard time with this i apologize i'm gonna just you're really bad at this i was expecting to be like wild at your skills here you're really bad at this is it because you're trying so you have to open them so carefully is that the thing no i just it was really tightly sealed didn't you open it the wrong way because i can see the one aren't you supposed to not see them no what are you talking about clearly i don't know how pokemon i'm doing that card trick right now but evolving skies has a ton of alternate art cards which are very rare like you might get like one in like 30 or 40 packs um, but some of them are very, very valuable. And there's mm. a bunch of cool cards. There's a bunch of like evolutions or, or quasas, that kind of stuff. So You're building this up. I am building it up. Odds, <laughs> For us odds to get, are we're going to get nothing. Like right a now. trainer card. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to list them out. This okay? is good. Fire Energy. Nice. Rescue Carrier. So Rescue Carrier. Oh, okay. Grafty. Ursaring. Lillipop. The last card is going to be the best one. Okay. Bagon. Oh, I actually think I may have seen something. Uh-oh. Litleo. Lotad, Dwebble, Galarian Articuno Reverse, and nothing. It's jump. It's a jump off. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's a hollow. It, that does count. Okay. It's not a V or a V Max or an Alt Art. Uh, that's that's fine. What? It, let me take a look at what we got here. Inspect to your heart's content. 
Galarian Articuno. Oh, reverse, because the non-art part is Mm -hmm. holographic. Yeah, so the foil part is all around the art, whereas on an actual hollow, the jump loft is specifically shiny. Um, Ah, I see. When was the last time you opened a pack of Pokemon cards? I mean, it would have been when they were originally around. Oh, God. That's That's too long. I haven't opened a pack since... The packs that are now incredibly expensive. Okay. Because I was in on it at the start. This is one of those things where I am one of those people who just gave away. And I know I had a Charizard. Oh. Like, I know I had one. I mean, it wouldn't have been in good condition because I played the game, right? So, like, I'm, you know, whatever. It's like, that was a part of my life. It's gone. Someone out there has my full set. Of whatever whatever oh, I had, and I know I had a lot of first good stuff. edition Shadowless it was, it Charizard. It definitely would have been first edition. It would have. I'm very confident oh of that. Oh my god! Because well, it would have been very early, if not first, because yeah. I was playing it when it first came yeah. to the UK. Yeah. So it would have been very very early. Mm. Like I would have been playing from when the original games are out. Yeah. So, well, I'm sorry to say. Well, to be fair, I don't have my original cards anymore. No. Um, I know you guys are going to come over after the podcast. Yep. Why don't we crack a booster box? And we can relive <laughs> all the memories. I'm into it. You could, just don't give these cards away. <laughs> this is like, I don't know, I'm 30-something. When someone says crack open A, it's usually not booster box. However, I'm that kind of 30-year-old. And that is the thing that I'm maybe more excited about than like a nice wine. Cheese. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't have a wine cellar. I have a Pokemon card room. <laughs> Considering this is an odd episode, uh, uh, do you ever find it weird about like us as adults versus our parents as adults? Because mm-hmm. I feel like my parents, when they were my age, were way more grown up than me at my age. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I mean, you're a dad now, so you're yeah. pretty grown up. Feels feels like it. I don't know. I mean. My parents had me later in life, right? So they'd been married for like, I think almost like 10 years when they had me. So they had like a whole life before kids. Um, I I don't know. I don't really get a great sense for what it would have been like for my parents when they were my age. Like it just, it's hard for me to imagine that. But I mean, I think every generation, so like my uh, grandparents, like they were like, World War II veterans, right? So, like, mm. they had a completely different kind That's of... That's a very life. different life. Super, yeah. super different, right? So, like, I remember, like, kind of always thinking about how, like, my grandparents were very sort of, like, you know, they, they were from the old generation, and, you know, they were... Yeah. It, was, it was a very kind of different kind of thing. But, I, I don't know. I think it makes sense most... As time goes on, we all become different. I don't, I don't like, I less think grown up, like, maybe it's not the right word, but a maybe... Youth just continues longer because we yeah. live longer. True, yeah, yeah. Well, it also makes sense because, like, but in, also in some other ways, because, like, yeah, I think about, like, my dad who talked about, like, driving an RV when he was 14, like, three days or whatever, and his, his parents just like, oh, hey, just drive us down to Florida or whatever. But on the flip side, I mean, I think for, for me, I started, you know, doing creative things and, like, YouTube and that kind of stuff when I was in my, like, 15, 16. Uh, when, yeah. when did you actually, you started podcasting a little later, though, right? It's 10, 11 years ago. So I was like twenty something. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to think because it's it's definitely I feel like different for everyone. And I think about you know now that I have a son, like what what is he gonna do? But also in a lot of ways, it'll be in the metaverse. <laughs> Good point. Should, I should reserve his 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 real estate. His in the metaverse ETH now. is e, .eth handle or something. Is oh, this a thing now? It is actually. I don't so, actually know what it means, but I keep seeing .eth behind people's just, uh, after people's names. Is it just buying the domain? I have no idea what it is. Austin. Should we register? I don't know what it is no, though. I just keep seeing like people on social media say so be like Austin Evans .eth, which I think is Ethereum. Yep. But I don't know why it's at people's names. So this is get... how you know what I'm just saying about how we're young. Yeah. This makes us sound old. We're talking about the this blockchain. Part is the old NFTs? But we sound old. But maybe it's something to do with Ethereum wallets. So this is uh, your quote: your Web three username. Okay. No more sandboxed usernames. Own your username, store an avatar, and other profile data, and use it across services. Basically, this is, is a website. You can register a <laughs> .eth domain. So it's just a website then. Yes. It's but no also, different, except you just say it's Web three. Except it's a decentralized website 
A censorship resistant decentralized. Okay, yeah, it's just a. It's a I can already make a decentralized <laughs> website. <laughs> <laughs> Websites are inherent. I don't need. We don't need. No, to but get into the, this. the native name suffix for ENS is .eth, which has the full security benefits of being blockchain native. But you also can use it with like a .com or something. This, I, but also I there know. is a registrar, yeah. which is no different yep. to normal domain names, yep. but they just put it in the blockchain. I would say I'm. This makes me sound like I'm so against. So like. The whole Web3 stuff, Metaverse, I know that there's going to be good stuff that comes out of it, yeah. but a lot of it is just a bit, it's a bit hypey It's very right now. ethereal. Yeah. It's hard to kind of like wrap your hands, or well, I guess you can physically, but it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around a lot of the stuff, and that is probably the most old feel I've ever felt. Yeah. Like I, this, this feels like it's passing me by right now. Yeah, I, uh, I like to try and stay forward and ahead of technology, right? Yeah. So it keeps me relevant. I, d I don't know if I have the time for this. Testdrivers.eth is one year at 0 0.001 Ether, which is five US dollars. But I have to get a wallet. And, and you need gas. Oh, the gas fee is $172. Oh, okay, cool. So it costs us $5, <laughs> but it costs $172.29 in basically payment processing fees. Oh. At most. Yeah, the gas fees, I know a lot of people have complained about Ethereum. Uh, maybe we should go back to Pokemon cards. Maybe, I, I actually, that. maybe we should just take a break. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of The Test Drivers is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. If you have a website, what purpose does it serve? Whether it's driving people to your products, collecting sales leads for your company, or providing customer service of a contact form, when these critical transactions fail, you're going to lose out on business and also upset your customers. And you don't want to do that. So there is a solution for you, and that is transaction monitoring from Pingdom. Starting at just $10 a month, transaction monitoring runs checks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and will alert you when cart checkout forms or login pages fail before they affect your customers and ultimately your business. Pingdom will notify you the moment that there's a failure over SMS, email, or via your favorite apps like Slack, OpsGenie, and PagerDuty. Depending on what's being monitored or the severity of the outage, you can customize who's alerted and how they get the notification. Don't leave. <laughs> just, I can just, Austin's just staring. He's just <laughs> intently staring at me. Don't let your users discover a problem with your website. You should be the first to know, and it's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to buy, use the code TESTDRIVERS at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. A thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the continued support of this show and RelayFM. So while we're talking about purely uh, visual things mm -hmm. yeah. that cannot be seen in the audio version of the show. I thought it was a continued follow-up. I would show uh -oh. you the scratches on my iPhone. Okay. Oh so you my oh. can give a secondary testimony to how terrible my iPhone looks. Mike. How bad is that? When you said scratches, I thought like you were talking about like scratches. This is not cracked? They're telling me it's not cracked. That apparently is not cracked. We've got to put a photo of this in the show notes. This is horrific. See Especially if you can get a good shot for me, because I haven't been able to get a good photo of it. You really so. need like some serious light on it. Mm -hmm. It's like not like a scratch on one side. Like you've got a ton of scratches on the right side. It goes basically all the way down. You've got one in the middle and then a bunch right down toward the lightning mm -hmm. board. That is, I have never seen a scratch that bad. Honestly, I've seen cracked screens that work a lot, that look a yeah, lot better. And, than that. and what's so weird about it is this just happened all at once. No more scratches have appeared on the phone. It's not like it's like a consistent issue while these are built. It was just all of a sudden one day, this is what my phone looked like, uh, but they have they didn't want to replace it. But this is one of those things where I felt like I could have gone back to the Apple store and tried to do something about this. Um, but I just didn't want to do it for the vacation. Yeah. So yeah. I, once I get once we get back to London I am going to go in armed with my terms and conditions in hand. And do you know who I am? And I'm going to... No, I'm not going to... <laughs> don't you know who Austin Evans is? <laughs> we had lunch today and Austin got recognized. It was great. This did happen. They, they would have been a lot more excited about it if you would have just walked in and like, oh, look, the crack has gotten slightly worse. This now qualifies for Apple Care Plus. <clears throat> yeah, everyone just keeps telling me to break the screen. I Look, that is a broken screen. I it, think so. Like, okay, maybe the crack or the, the scratch doesn't go all the way through the glass, but like that is, I, I'm serious. I've seen cracked screens look mm -hmm. a lot better than that. 
I mean, I do realize I've done something that I'm sure many people would point out in the YouTube comments. So I put the phone screen down, <laughs> screen down. But at this point, I don't care. Scratch more. <laughs> yeah, just so, let it go, let it go crazy. It's like I can't get any worse than this. So you never rock any screen protectors? Nope, no screen protectors. Okay, so the last two iPhones, and I had no problem with the last one. Yeah, I've and I, you know, I dropped my phone. That's why I had Apple Care, right? Yeah. Like that was the whole point. That is like I didn't want to wear a case on my phone anymore. I have Apple Care. I should be able to accidentally break the screen, pay the fee, however much it is, I don't remember, and just get a new screen. That was what I thought the deal was, but it turns out Apple has to judge what they consider to be broken mm. enough. Yeah. I will say, if you're interested, I do use a screen protector on my iPhone. You can mm. see it right here. It is the, the later case screen protector, so it's actual Gorilla Glass. Oh, so, that feels good. It feels so good. I was thinking what my future, this phone's so small. This is the regular one, That's right? That's the regular 13 Pro. Yeah. It feels, this is an interesting case too. What is this, a later case? That's the later case, yeah. It's yeah, got so, a fidget spinner on the back, it looks Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. It does cover up the camera. It's the, I think Lou calls it like the cyber edition or something. Okay. Um, I do like, obviously, Lou's a friend, so. This feels nice. Whatever. Uh, it does feel nice, right? So it's real like Kevlar, but mm -hmm. my favorite part of it is really the screen protector because it's straight gorilla glass. Like it mm. feels just like using the phone without. Because I'm thinking protector. my future will be no Apple Care glass screen protector. That, yeah. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to do now because I've kind of been frustrated with this. I, as I said on the show last time, I, I've paid that for Apple Care for so many years and just figured at some point I would maybe use it and it's just frustrated me enough yeah. that I'm just not going to bother doing it anymore. Yeah. And just you may have some problems if you really want replacements because I know that like most iPhone 13s are mm -hmm. out of stock or fairly far back ordered. So if they actually need to replace parts and stuff, even if you do pay the fee, you actually might end up having to wait a little bit. Before. When I went to the store that day, they did tell me they had screens. Like he checked it first oh, they before did. Okay. I did, they had screens. The, the other thing is if they won't do it, I will buy a screen from their new service thing oh. and do it myself. It could be a while though. For I know. But that's the thing of kind of like now I'm a little bit on the fence about this. Like I yeah. want the screen replaced, but then I also like the eventual result of Mike just changes the screen himself. It just feels like an interesting full circle to it. But honestly, I'll probably mess it up. No, uh, I mean, I've never uh, done how it How do you get the screen off, right? Okay, Surely so, it's got to be heat. Well, and I, then a, I think you take off the screws on the bottom. I've never done this before, but I know that there's the two screws on the bottom. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you do heat suction and maybe a little bit i don't know i should watch a jerry rig everything video. i do and that's what scares me <laughs> the idea like the heat gun i don't have a heat gun because i've been wondering about this of apple's repair repair thing because they're going to sell you the tools and stuff yeah if you need to use a heat gun who has that so we have one we've used for some projects there i don't think they're super yeah expensive. but you because you have one <laughs> Right? You like, of course you do. You might be able to use a hairdryer or something. The heat gun is very warm, though. And it's a little bit, I think, more focused than something like yeah. a hairdryer, which I don't know what the temperature you need to get the adhesive to, to get all sort of melty, but I bet it's pretty high. Because uh, that's, that's the one thing of like that I've been wondering about is like ultimately to get into these devices, you need to melt the glue. Yes. Like that is a thing that you have to do. And I'm wondering how they're going to get around that I guess maybe you can buy heat guns on the this portal or whatever. Well, they're going to have to give you... It's going to have to yeah. be... There's going to have to be a thing that's available. But anyway, so I'm intrigued. And I would... For the, for the views, I would do it. You know, like I put it on stream or whatever, and I yeah. think it would be a fun project to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, I think it would be like a, like a fun thing. I could think I could get people to watch that because it would be probably a bit of a disaster but i've surprised myself with the things that i've been able to learn over the last couple of years of soldering and stuff underselling so. yourself because i feel like i would bet that the amount of work it takes to put together a custom keyboard is a lot more difficult oh, I expect than so. a screen but the failure is much harsher here that if i mess this up i have broken my iphone Sort of, but then, uh, I, I mean, I guess, who knows? I, wouldn't you be more likely to have broken the screen you're taking out? I feel like taking the screen out yeah. feels like the dangerous part, not putting it Yeah, in. I wonder about, like, the cables and stuff. Like, sure. you know, like, if you were too aggressive with it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm genuinely, like, because of the things that I have done in the last year and a half with soldering and just like being more in tune of building electronics that's the reason that i feel even like i could attempt a project like this yeah because those things seemed really complicated if not insurmountable to me before of like i don't have the knowledge or the skill or the 
confidence to tinker around with this stuff. But now I feel like I could do it. So now I'm kind of on this fence of like, do I just wait? I mean, it could be a long time. Could be a while. Could be a long time. iPhone 14. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy, or at least well into next year, because they said just first half of next year, something like that. In the U.S. Oh, you might be. Oh, mm. yeah. But I mean, I could get someone to buy it for me. But anyway, we'll see. I haven't made my mind up on this project yet. You know what I've made my mind up on? <laughs> what is that? iPad Mini. Yeah, so I have an iPad Mini. I've been, I'm looking at it for our show notes today. I have the. So nice. This is apparently purple. It looks actually pretty really purple in this purple? light. No, well, I th- consider it apparently. Oh, purple. okay. Because it's not really that purple. It's like this is that kind of um, Apple kind of have two sets of colors really at the moment where mm. it's like they're either incredibly vibrant or yeah. they're just silver with a tint. And this is like silver with a tint. It looks pretty purple in this light that we're looking at here. If I look at it, but when I look at it on the screen we have in front of us, I don't see it so much. But I absolutely love this thing. It's the iPad that I brought with me on this trip. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And I found it really great for watching a video on a plane. The because size, yeah. the, well, also because it's just a smart cover. So, like with the yeah. iPad Pro, you could get a smart cover, but I would always have it in the Magic Keyboard case, yep. and then you have a laptop. Yep. So you're trying to put it on a tray table, it doesn't work. But this is just a little smart cover. It's really small, and it just sits there perfectly, and it's great. Uh, wasn't so great for being on the beach because the screen does not get bright enough. Ah, yeah. Like compared to my iPhone, yeah. like I could barely read stuff um, in bright sunlight yeah. on the iPad Mini but could pick up my iPhone. It's perfectly fine. So, yeah. Okay, so I've got a bunch of questions. So Mm -hmm. I guess, full disclosure, I've already ordered an iPad mini, which is currently back-ordered. I ordered it a while ago. It's supposed to be in before the end of the year, but so I'm still waiting for mine. Which one did you get? I got the 256 uh, 5G version. Oh, see, this is just Wi-Fi. So I think for me, so I have had the iPad Pro 11 with LTE, and I found that to be really useful because most of the time when I want to take an iPad with me, I'm out, you know, either traveling or I'm out for the day or I'm out somewhere. And most of the time, the reason I'm taking the iPad with me is because I want to be able to launch a video or check something or do email or whatever the case is. So having that has been super helpful for me, even though the iPhone obviously and Z Flip, I have lots of tethering mm. options. But I have a plan where I can just literally, it doesn't cost me anything extra to throw a SIM card in the iPad and I can share all the data. So it's just, it's helpful. But for me, okay, so a few things. Do you miss the 120 hertz at all on the iPad mini? I don't know if it's the 120 hertz that I miss, yeah. but I miss the screen quality. I Okay, do you see like the, the right, ghosting and the jello scrolling? I get the jello scrolling for sure. And that, that bothers you? No, it doesn't bother me. I okay. see it, but it doesn't bother me. Okay. Uh, but like if I don't know if you just like poke around, you yeah. can just see that like there's something about the quality of the screen that just isn't high. Like maybe that the colors aren't as vibrant, yeah. or that the, maybe it's the 120 hertz. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. That my my theory, my pet theory, is that they are using worse like bin displays on the mini than they are you know like on other products. Like I I don't know how good of a display this is. Like it just sometimes doesn't seem as clear as some of their other displays. But I don't consider this a complaint. It's kind of like this is I think perfectly fine for this device. But it is is not an iPad Pro screen. Like one of the other things you were saying about like uh, uh, doing work on the device. Look, this is the these on-screen <laughs> keyboard takes up fifty percent of the display in landscape. Dude, yeah, especially you've got it. So right now he has a Google Doc window, mm-hmm. up. and on the top you have like you know the Chrome, the the name of the doc, and some of the tools. And the bottom is the keyboard. There are four lines of text yes. visible on the screen. Yeah. yeah, that's not great. But I mean, uh, if you put it into portrait, much better. Much better. Now you can, and also honestly, it's this, this is really easy to type with, right? You can with do two the hand, two yeah. thumb typing, but. This is a very light work machine. Mm-hmm. Very light work. Yeah. Like you do not want to be sitting down and dealing with a bunch of email on this. Um, or even you say launching a video, maybe in a pinch, but this would not be your preferred device to do this. On. Okay. Right. This iPad is very much a content consumption iPad. I think I said this at the time, like it is the best one of those that I've ever used. Yeah. Just as like a reading stuff, watching stuff, this is fantastic for it because it's just the right size. It's perfect for reading because you can just hold it in one hand really, mm-hmm. really easily. This screen is bit more than enough for video, right? If you're just like watching video casually or whatever, it's great for all of that. 
because it runs iPadOS, you can still get all of the same stuff done, but you are a bit more constrained, especially from screen real estate. Hmm. Because, honestly, because it doesn't have a keyboard. If you had yeah. a keyboard, that horizontal thing is not going to be an issue for you anymore, right? Because then in horizontal, that's you can Full see screen. loads of stuff now. Yeah. So if you had a keyboard, with you, which you can attach any Bluetooth keyboard to it, mm -hmm. right? Like I had this stand. If I had a tiny little keyboard with me, it would be great. And I could just put the keyboard in front of me. I could have it in the in the stand and I could type if I wanted to. But kind of what I'm tempted to do. What kind of keyboard would you... So that's the thing. I don't know. I like the idea. I, I want to try using it without the keyboard because it's been so long since I've used an iPad without a keyboard. Obviously, there's tons of advantages to having mm -hmm. a keyboard or you know, especially with the trackpad and stuff. But I think because of that, I really treated an iPad like a laptop light instead mm -hmm. of like an iPad, like a tablet, which I think is probably where it's probably a little bit better suited, where it's not trying to do too many things. I want to try to use it for a little while. Not as my primary device. Obviously, I still have you know laptop or whatever the case is. But I want to try to use it more for light, maybe a little bit of medium work. I, I mm -hmm. want to see how it fits in that. If I like it a lot, I would consider maybe some kind of foldable keyboard or something that I could ideally like put in the same pocket in a bag mm -hmm. that's roughly the same size as the iPad, unfold it, flip it on real quick, connect it to the iPad, and use it to type out some email or write some notes or whatever the case is. But if it ends up being a thing where this is what I use to watch videos, to respond to Slack, and that kind of stuff, I think I'd still be pretty happy with it because... On the flip side, the device I've been using primarily lately has been the 14-inch MacBook, which we've talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've been talking a lot about it, but I finally actually had, like, really, this is probably the first episode where I've had, like, real legit time to use this, to have it set up and fully yep. switch over to it. I like certain parts about it, but between the battery life, or really the lack thereof, and just the size of it, even compared to my old 13-inch MacBook, I'm starting to kind of feel like this is bordering on a little bit too much to carry with huh. me all the time, every day. What is this lack thereof battery life? What what it, what device is this? Is this the M1 Pro or the M1 Max? Okay, so I made a bad decision. I got the Max. Well, I got the Max as well. And you've okay. <sighs> I have no battery life complaints now. Ultimately, I do use my MacBook Pro plugged in a lot, but yeah. on this trip, I've been using it with just you know not you know not plugged in. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm noticing bad battery life. Now, one of the things that could be coloring, I think, for a lot of people is making the wrong comparison mm -hmm. of comparing this MacBook Pro yep. to the M1 MacBook Pro exactly, rather than the Intel MacBook Pro that this one is actually replacing. Yep. And I think if that's your comparison... And that's what I'm... I'm trying to forget the battery life of the, of the M1 MacBook Pro <sighs> because that is an outlier. That's yeah. actually a MacBook Air. Yes, yes, you are correct. You are correct. Okay, so, as someone who has been dailying the M1 MacBook Pro for the last year, as someone who uses that device on battery probably 70 to 80% of the time, the fact that I never even think about charging it, and when I do charge it, it's literally me just plugging it into like a Thunderbolt dock and using it as my, at my desk for an hour or two at lunch or whatever like I normally would, that is just a complete no-brainer. With this, I think about battery, it, it very much feels like roughly the same kind of battery life that I would have had on like my old 16-inch MacBook Pro. Mm which is fine, and I can get away with it. The thing that kind of bothers me a little bit about it is it feels like it's so much less efficient. Like, I feel like it's much more variable. So what I mean by that is, like, certain apps on this device fire up the CPU in a way that, like, if the M, if I had that same app running on, like, the M1, I'd check, you know, like, my iStat, and it's like, oh, you're pulling right. four, five, six watts. This thing will be pulling 15, 16 watts. Even because I'm using this machine is letting that app do that. Yes. Because it, because the app wants as much power as it can get, yeah. so this MacBook Pro is giving it that. Yes, and okay. I think it's just by default, if yeah. it's lighting up, you know, it's got four channels of memory instead of one, much bigger GPU, et cetera, et cetera. So it feels like when it's hitting all eight performance cores or whatever, I'm seeing sometimes, you know, estimates of like four or five hours of battery life not doing anything all that crazy. And I me, wonder, I think there's an app mix going there's on There's certainly here. some apps that are offenders on this yeah, device. Yeah, I think so. I've been so. playing around a little bit with some of the things that I've been using. But it does go a little bit beyond just that. So I've had some Wi-Fi issues. I've had Wi-Fi issues too. Uh, and, I, and I haven't seen anyone really talking about it. So I've kind of haven't bothered pursuing it. But like, because as well, I'm typically on very fixed connections. Mm, so yeah. like I'm either at home or at my studio and it's fine. When I need to connect to a new Wi-Fi network, which I've done a bunch of over the last couple of weeks, sometimes the Mac just gives me no options. Yep. Like I want to try and I like search for networks and it just gives me an empty box, yeah. or I connect to a network, 
and then the so I've, I've connected to it and then the machine immediately forgets it mm-hmm. and I click the Wi-Fi thing and it's like I don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's like I've never connected to Wi-Fi before. It's really strange. And then you open up system preferences, and that beach balls on me. There's yeah. something weird going on with Wi-Fi, and I do wonder if it's one of those things that, like, it's maybe not a widely reported issue because at the moment people aren't connecting to new things as often. Because all of the uh, Wi-Fi connections that my iCloud account knows, it has no problem with. Oh, so it's all just purely it's new purely things. new things. I've had it on uh, connections that I've used in the past. So okay. the office, there's a couple of Wi-Fi networks that we bounce between, and sometimes I'm stepping from one to the other. Like I showed you this morning, it straight up did not see it, and I pulled up inside system preferences, and where the button normally says like connect or whatever, it was like it was clearly like some code was like you know like unallocated and like it like, I had overflowed this the button this morning, and it was like <laughs> like one of those stupid errors, right? But yeah. it's like sys null yep, or something yep, like yep. where it should usually say turn off. It just had some, <laughs> so there's something going on, and I think it might be a bit of an under. Uh, underreported bug in yeah. macOS at the moment because I just think that maybe people aren't like I wonder if maybe you're experiencing it more because you bounce between places mm-hmm. more yeah. and on Wi-Fi more and maybe like do you have like um, the uh, like Eero and Nest like you know like those kinds of devices I, actually none of the Wi-Fi networks I use regularly are mesh they're all okay. individual like single points but hmm. just I've gone back and forth in fact actually has spent, since I've gotten the 14, I went back to the 13 for a week. Because here's the thing, right? Like, for my use, mm-hmm. I use a laptop every day. And I use, a, I'm probably on this laptop, or a laptop, probably two to three hours a day, right? And a lot of that, almost every day, a lot of that is pretty light stuff, right? So email, Slack, Trello, web browsing, listening to music, writing, like, it's all fairly simple stuff that the M1 had absolutely no problem with. But... On a very regular basis, sometimes, like, you know, a couple months ago, I had, like, four videos that I edited in a month, and then I haven't edited one in a month and a half since, and this kind of stuff. The M1 was fine, but the M1, I did see, I could kind of push the seams on it a little bit, and then when it comes to, like, you know, we had a shoot a couple weeks ago, right? We were out on location, and I was using the SD card to dump footage in the car. It was great. Hmm. I wasn't diggling, diggling, I wasn't digging for a dongle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> diggling is diggling when you dig for a dongle. Diggling dongles. Uh, that's the title of this episode. It's not, but, uh, <laughs> I guarantee you that's not the title of this episode. <laughs> but it's, it, there's definitely been like points where it's been nice having the additional like, Thunderbolt, having MagSafe. Like, there's definitely stuff that I really like on this. But then on the other hand, I'm just like, the M1 did everything I needed. It didn't really, short of editing or a couple of ports, didn't have any real downsides. Like yeah. the new bigger screen, it's fine, but it doesn't. I love it. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't make a difference. Like, I honestly, love the new screen. I think it looks so much nicer. I like the, just the fact that it's modern looking more than anything else. I mean, the bez- lack of bezels are nice. I have not really used the new webcam. I do appreciate the fact that it is, is a little bit better at least. Yeah. But whatever. I don't care what other people see. I, well, I, I have complaints about Apple's webcams anyway because of the the huts, like the, the refresh rate and the webcam doesn't like my overhead lighting. Oh, like I've seen it. this on stream before. We've yeah. had like, your no, old we, webcam setup. Yeah, you we, had had right? a, we had a video call once and I, I switched to the inbuilt one on my iMac and you yeah. can see it and it's just, just strobing. It's just strobing. Yeah. Because and if it, Apple would just let me to change it, then mm. it would work. But they don't enable that. But like, I would say overall, the the new Mac Pro, I love it. I love the design. Um, I love the keyboard is really nice. It is. Um, I love the I, I love the screen and I love the power that it has available to me. So, have you found the Macs to be an appreciable difference? Because you usually use the M1 iMac, mm-hmm. right? Can you tell a difference? Oh, it's so much faster. Oh, is it really that much oh, faster? Oh, yeah, it's so much faster. When I'm when I'm processing audio, so like something that I'll do a lot is I will, uh, say, take some audio clips and normalize the volume of mm-hmm. them. Um, or when I'm bouncing a project out of Logic or if I'm doing noise removal, it's faster than anything that I okay. It's faster than my iMac Pro in yeah. those tasks. Yeah. Um, like, and, and I feel it too, which is, you know, it's really interesting because it's not the machine that I edit on. But I, you know, I will be doing and have been doing some stuff on it uh, while I've been traveling. I, I love that I have this, uh, to, to like quote a uh, friend of the show, Jason Snell, I have a Mac Pro in my backpack. 
Yeah, yeah. And I just like knowing that I have that power available to me. But overall, like, I just love using the machine. I mean, like, a lot of the time I'm using it docked in my studio. Yeah. And at that point, I just have a absolute workhorse of a machine. I'm not seeing the battery life stuff, even when I've been on. I mean, admittedly, I am on battery less. Yeah. Um, but that meant I didn't. That was the same with the M1 MacBook Pro. That I had that on battery most of the time as well. So. Have you had <clears throat> heating and fan things? Because nope. I've had this again. I think there's a couple of offenders. Uh, I will just name check one. Um, I use a Corsair gaming mouse because uh, <laughs> I like having a wired mouse that works on Mac OS. And IQ runs hard in the back all the time. That's their like configuration software, right? Yes. And I have to use it pretty often because the mouse forgets the settings pretty often. So a lot of times IQ just happens to be running in the background. And I only know because one of my CPU cores is just chugging and it's like pulling 20 watts. But even the other day, I had plugged this into a 4K monitor that was docked via USB-C. Nothing fancy, nothing mm-hmm. special, just a 4K monitor. And just running that monitor and what I was just like browsing and doing like spreadsheets and stuff was enough to actually kick the fans on. And I was like, what's that noise? Do I hear fans spinning? Which, you know, congratulations if you've used any other laptop ever. But especially after coming from a year with the M1 MacBook Pro, I never heard the fan turn up on the MacBook Pro once ever while video editing or anything. I never heard it. Yeah, I I think this comes back to what I mentioned before. I think it's an app mix situation because I have never heard the fans on my laptop, even when it's in dock mode. I never, ever hear the fan. It's like a couple of weeks ago, I was doing something on my M1 iMac and it's the first time I've heard the fans on that. Mm, But I've never heard the fans on my laptop. uh, and it's kind of interesting to me, really, because I feel like I'm seeing more discourse around this mm-hmm. idea, but not from... So I kind of live in two groups, right? Uh, I have friends who are in the video space, and then I have friends that are in writing and podcasting. No one in the writing and podcasting world seems to be having this issue or is talking yeah. about battery issues. And it seems like people who are in maybe the like the video space and are having more problems. I wonder if there is like a certain set of work loads or tasks and or applications, like stuff like these peripheral mm-hmm. things, maybe web browsers, like people that use like Chrome, you yeah. know, like because typically people in the other camp, they're always in, like me. I'm using Safari, yeah, yeah, and like you know, like Chrome has has been like a well known process hog Mm -hmm. and if you were talking about like you know you have an application that like if you've got the work if you've got the power for it the app will just take it yeah so i wonder if there is a poor optimization of certain applications is resulting in worse battery life and and that's not an excuse for the machine right Mm -hmm. because maybe at some point it should not be allowing some of the process you know but I do wonder if, like, that's why I think there's a bit of a disparity. Because I have the M1 Max. I know, you know, I, I know more people that have the M1 Pro. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing too much of this outside of, like, the video creation space. We'll have to see. It just, to me, feels like I haven't quite gelled with this machine. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is because the M1 13-inch was so phenomenal and so almost perfect in every way. Mm-hmm that the little things kind of grate on me because that M1 MacBook is still sitting on my desk and I picked it up and I've switched it back and forth. And every time I'm like, oh, this just feels so great. But then I'm like, but I guess I kind of want the ports or I kind of want this or that. So I feel like I will stabilize on the 14. But if I have something like an iPad mini, I think that could be a really powerful combo. The 14, mm-hmm. which I'm going to use for like sort of more real work and some of the more lighter tasks that I don't want my fans spinning up for when I'm doing Slack or whatever, running on the iPad mini. Yeah, I wonder if this ends up being a thing. A lot of those issues could potentially be resolved by software tweaks. Maybe. To macOS. And it certainly feels like this is a early version. You mean, you know, like stuff like the 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 top taskbar and whatnot. And like there's certainly things they think they can work on. But I don't know, just I miss my touch bar. I just there's like lots of little things. Oh, that, that's what this is really yeah, okay, all about. You got me. That that's was, what that's, this is really all about. You can just miss the touch bar. <laughs> There's a there's an application called Better Touch Tool. Yes. They are working on a thing called the Notch Bar. The Notch Bar. Where you can put like basically bringing your entire screen down. Mm-hmm. So the menu bar is kind All of like down. hidden a little bit. Yeah. And there's a, like a bunch of shortcut keys that will be at the top that you can pull uh, up and click it. 
Mm-hmm. And it's probably not going to give you everything you want, but you know, you might get something. But I guess you want to tap it, right? That's the problem. Yeah. I just, what I think I need to do is I need to really commit to this device. Obviously do more real work because I've still not edited a full video on this. I think that will, will change. I think when I see it and see how fast mm-hmm. it is. But I think I just need to fully commit take my other foot off the 13 inch, really go fully into this. Yeah. It's going to make a difference, right? But just, I keep kind of going back and forth and like this one's like 90% set up. There's still little things. And until I feel like I really feel at home in it, I don't know. We'll see. It's just, I think I genuinely think that could be the issue though. Cause you are comparing one very specific mm-hmm. thing, which is the battery life, right? Yeah. And you're frustrated. And I understand the frustration with that. But as I say, if you're comparing it to the M1 MacBook Pro, you're amazing. always going to be upset because yeah. that that's going to be like a standout once in a generation kind of mm-hmm. laptop yeah. uh, power from Apple, I think. I mean, maybe the next Air will do an even better job. We'll find out. But like, what you're not, what you've not yet seen, is what that machine is actually truly capable 100%. of. So when then when you compare that to the M1 MacBook Pro, it might be a different because you use Final Cut too, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. then you you know, once you edit something in that, it's gonna be. Then you, I think, then you might be more willing to accept some of its quirks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, can we have a little sidebar here for a second? Yes. Okay. So we're currently recording on December eighth. Yep. A few days before. Yep. The F one season mm-hmm. finale. Yep. Um, if you recall, dear listeners, we had a little uh, prediction at the very beginning of the season. Yep. And. I had forgotten that we had done these. You put yep. these in the show notes. And looking through, how smart are we? I know. How did we call this one, huh? We, we did a really good job. So I think on our next episode, we can actually, because it's the holidays, so there's not going to be much tech to talk about. So I think we will put the drivers back in test drivers and do like a full yeah. kind of recap of the season. Uh, I will say just before, maybe we can make a, another prediction. This, this, I'm not sure exactly when this episode will go up, but who do you think is going to win the championship? I think it's Lewis. I think it's Lewis too, yeah. and I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> but we can put that to the side for now. So we made three predictions mm-hmm. for the season, and we did this just before the season began. Yep. So my predictions were George Russell leaves Williams for another team. Mm-hmm. Valtteri leaves Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Aston to get on the podium twice. So I had to fact check you on this one. Right? Yeah. So obviously, number one and number two happened exactly Yep. And if way. you remember, like I predicted that that this kind of thing that, that that George would be going to Mercedes. Yeah. But I didn't want to put that in my prediction. Yeah. So I just like another team. But AKA, I thought team. Th- I didn't know whether I would not have predicted Valtteri to Alpha. No I way. I didn't know where he would go, right? Like it, it wasn't immediately clear where he would go. Yeah. Um I still saw like I saw maybe potentially Red Bull, depending on how things went with Checo, sure. right? Like no one was sure what it was going to be like or because Alpine. that that second seat at Red Bull has been so tr- traditionally <laughs> troublesome. <laughs> so yes, do you want to talk about your fact checking of me? Yeah, so Aston to get on the podium twice. So when I saw this this morning, I was like, they didn't get on the podium twice. What are you talking about? But you very helpfully linked yes, the Wikipedia article, which shows the um, the exact finishing orders. And uh, so Seb got second place at Azerbaijan. Which I forgot about. I forgot about that as well. I've completely forgotten about that. (laughs) That was the race, I think, where both Lewis and Max went out. Yes, yes, because that was was the one that... Who won that race? I don't even remember who won that race. Checo. Oh, Checo did win that race. That was when Max had the blowout. And then Lewis ran off the track. Yeah. Uh, Break magic? Break magic. Break magic. Break magic. I think that was Azerbaijan. So uh, the second one, though, is the disqualification uh-huh. he got in Hungary, which I never said. He stood on a podium. <laughs> That's what if, this is just one of those things where I think just my wording, I just like asked him to get on the podium twice. <laughs> Seb stood on the podium two times. <laughs> he just didn't take home the trophy. I mean, I think that counts. I think you get full marks on this one. Yeah. I think the predictions were on point. So mine were that Checo would win a race. Um, I should did. have. He did win one race, maybe two. Who knows? Still one more race left, but probably one. Can you imagine <laughs> if the championship is decided by one of them coming second or third or lower? Like it's actually like Lewis or Max doesn't win. Finally, that would be so. What anyway? <laughs> I didn't uh, predict that I'd be hanging out with Checo this year, but you know. Just, oh, here we go. A little bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Bull takes Mercedes down to the last two races to decide the championship. 
up. I so. cannot believe you made that pick. Because if we'd cast our mind back, yeah. no one knew how powerful Red Bull were going to be at this point. Yeah. There was nothing to say. So that was very that was very good from you, I think. And for context, for those test drivers listeners who are not ardent F1 fans, we're going down to the very last race, and both uh, Max and Lewis are 100% tied on points. It's like 390.5 to 390.5. Like it is like, I think someone was saying like this is the first time that the leaders have been tied going into the very finale of mm-hmm. uh, F1 since like the 70s like it this just does not happen like yep. obviously close is one thing but uh, I'm gonna be on a plane you mean a plane after the race I am flying during the race do you have live satellite TV on your plane I have no idea what I'm gonna be I don't think I'm gonna be able to watch it we're gonna try and see if we can do it over stream it over Wi-Fi on the plane okay yeah it might be. work but like our TV like a, like a radio feed or something? Maybe. Our TV provider doesn't allow for roaming, which is really annoying. It's like we were lucky enough that the hotel that we were in had ESPN. Yeah. So we could watch it. So we'll try, but it's most likely that we're going we're gonna to miss the race. You know what you can do? You can just leave your phone in airplane mode until you get home. <laughs> I'd considered it. I don't know. But then like the way that the TV works in the UK we would have to wait to watch it at a specific time. Oh, you don't have it recorded in any way. Mm-mm. Oh. So we would have to catch one of the second. So I just think it's going to be too complicated. What I will most likely do, check the race, read the report, watch a replay. Yeah. Because I don't think I will be able to hold. That's, I, Godspeed, my friend. I, I, I would, I'd reschedule my flight. <laughs> I'm pretty upset about it, but what are you going to do? Um, my last prediction? Yeah. Uh, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Major shakeup at Haas. They've, was, conf- they've done a driver confirmation for it, so I don't think uh, it's... I don't know what yeah. the shakeup could be. Maybe Gunther, you Collapse. know, but like... <laughs> I, 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 yeah, okay. This I'll, is I'll take one the that the I think anyone would have been behind you on because yeah. it seemed like they made such a weird decision, but they're sticking with their weird decision. I mean, Nikita's bringing up the rear. Mm-hmm. He's in 21st. Did you realize he's in 21st in the Drivers' Championship right now? Wait, I'm going to work this out. Yeah, yeah. Is it Nico? Is Nico 20th? No, it is the... Uh, Who's 20th? Uh, you can't remember the guy's name, it's, right? It's Alpha Reserve driver, Kibitzer. Kibitzer. He got... Technically, he like filled in for like one or two races. Yep. And he got like a 15th or 16th or whatever, which is better than what Nikita has done all year. <laughs> Can you imagine? How embarrassing is that? He was in every single race this year, and he had, he's in 21st having a 20-person oh. <laughs> championship. Not that it's necessary to really defend him. In his defense, the car is terrible. But like this mm. was this was Haas's plan, right? Yeah. If you remember, they, also, yeah. they have saved their engineering resources Hopefully. for their 2022 car. We'll see. Yeah, I really want, I really want Lewis to win. I really want Lewis to win. <sighs> Look, I... Uh, We've been going back and forth. Like I generally supported Max this season. I still would be very happy to see Max win this championship, but I don't think anyone can fault Lewis considering how hard he has fought with what I think is generally speaking been a more difficult car throughout the year. And I think his health has been difficult too. You know, you can see like yeah. like after the last race, like he looked exhausted. You know, uh-huh. he's obviously talked about some of the the after effects of of COVID and whatnot. But like, if you look at what they've been able to accomplish this year, and not only that, if you look at what Max and Lewis have done, like it is incredible. It's like they're in their own league. Like it is yeah. insane to me. Like I think Max has been on like 18 of 20 podiums. Or it's, it's something been ridiculous. Like he's been either first, second, or didn't finish the race almost. Like it is it's been absolutely wild. Yeah, I read a stat. I want to try and find the stat now, which was along those lines of like his performance has been kind of an unmatched performance in yeah. a really long time, but he still hasn't secured the victory, mm-hmm. which is like such an incredible... I want to see if I can find this. Uh, uh, okay. If Max finishes P2 to Lewis in Abu Dhabi, he'll have scored the most podiums ever in an F1 season, <sighs> been first or second in every race he's finished, except the one where he, was, uh, he went out with damage, and become only the sixth driver in history to get nine wins in a season and still wouldn't win the title. Crazy. That shows because it's like, that's the power that the two of them are at right now. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's like a thing where uh, Lewis has been 
pushed by Max, and Max mm-hmm. is being pushed by Lewis, and the two of them are just off in their Formula own. They're not Formula One anymore. They're in Formula Zero. Yeah, they're off in their own. It's and it's incredible. Like I saw someone say after last weekend's race, uh, there's like that meme of the person who wakes up from the coma. <laughs> right and it was like oh no what was the result of the race and it was like oh it was uh lewis max bottas and then the guy's like oh it must have been a boring race then you have no idea you <laughs> have was no like, idea could not have been further from the truth but we'll talk about this next time uh i think we're gonna have to do a bit of a postseason wrap up oh my god and see if that final prediction was right i hope it better be uh but this is really fun absolutely i am so happy that we got to do our first in-person episode mm-hmm. ever it's almost as if we've got some exciting changes. Oh, coming. we have some. We have working on some fun stuff for the show, so uh, you can look out for that next year. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you. I'm sorry. <clears throat> we'll hear you next time. Wait, no. No, you'll hear us. Hear time. us next time. There we go. <sighs> YouTubers.